<laughs> Hi, I'm Internet Steve Sterling Watson, benevolent founder of the Indube Network and host of the Indube Podcast, a bi-weekly program as blurdy and eclectic as I am, with topics ranging from music, film, history, culture, time travel, marshmallows, religion, and the brilliance of J.J. Abrams. Search and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Podbean, and wherever podcasts are procured. Also, please support the Indube Network on Patreon. The podcast and this ad is a 3SFX production. you to our new episode of so here's what happened and we have some exciting news to let you guys know we recently joined a community of great nerdy people over at whythepodcast.com um Carolyn, if you want to speak a little bit about it Right. Okay. So for the whythepodcast.com, what will happen is every month we will upload on our regular streaming services such as um, Stitcher and iTunes, but you can also find us on their website mm-hmm. and you will find um, details on what we cover. You'll find images and also bios for us. So you can give them a, give them, um, a look and you can also find them on Twitter at whythepodcast.com. And, mm-hmm. you know, support both podcasts. These are, uh, these are podcasts for nerds like us who enjoy talking about pop culture and film so it would be great if we could support each other yeah. and um i think that's it yep that's it that, again they are a great group of people they have great content out there i've listened to a bunch of their podcasts recently and i'm already addicted so you guys should check them out and again you can check out our page over there so you can get a little bit more content images info and all that jazz so yeah um now that we're done with that on to the episode enjoy Hey guys, welcome to another episode of So Here's What Happened. I'm your host, Nisha. And I'm Joy. And I'm Carolyn. There she is. Sorry. Good. Um, so thank you for tuning into our second episode. We're very excited to get everything started off. And this time we're not going to be focusing all of our attention on one thing. We're actually going to be talking about all the stuff we watched. Well, not all the stuff, but our favorite things we watched and read throughout the month of May. So whew, I feel like this is going to be a bit, but it's going to be fun. I'm excited to hear what you read and what you watched, Carolyn. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah. So I'm gonna kick it to you if you wanna just like list off the things that you read and then I'll list off so, my things and then we'll dive in. Yeah, okay, so we're gonna start what we read. So what I read this month um uh were Kindred by Octavia E. Butler. And so this is a book that was published in nineteen seventy-nine and it's about a young black woman named Dana who through some unexplained connection travels back through time to Antebellum South, um, where she meets her ancestors, and uh, which one of them being a black woman named Alice Greenwood, and the other a young white boy named Rufus, who's the son of a plantation owner. Mm. And I found this story really interesting. I've always heard about Octavia E. Butler, but I've never read her books. But so I started with Kindred because it's a well-known book, and it, it got me hooked from the beginning because it, it starts off from a point in the story that most books don't start. So the prologue is actually, spoiler, as I said, we're gonna spoil, 
is actually the end of the book. And yeah. she's lost her arms through some weird accident. And what happens is, is that Dana, uh, whenever she travels back through time, the longer, like, the more often it happens, the longer she stays. So, like, the first time it happened, she was there for about two minutes. And she, oh. that's how she met Rufus. She saved it from drowning. Mm-hmm. And then the next time, she, she was there for, I think, um, a couple hours. And, and, and then eventually, the last time it ended up, she was there for at least a, a, a few months. But what happens is, her, the way how the time travel works is, is usually, uh, uh, something that usually happens with time travel. It's a long time in the, in the past. But in the present, it can only go from like a few seconds, like a few hours, right? Yeah. So, so that's so that's also very um, disconcerting for her mentally there. But what makes this um, story interesting is that she's a modern black woman in 1976 who goes back into the South where slavery is still still exists, and she has to learn how to adapt or at least try to survive in a society where she knows mm-hmm. what being a slave means, being a young black woman, and so she. Has to, she has to wrap her head around watching what she says, how she says it, because like with the slightest provocation, like a slave owner can be tempted to like beat, you know, be a beat a slave. So she has to yeah. censor herself in a way that she doesn't have to in 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 1976. And also, what I what I found really interesting is that Rufus ends up being her ancestor also. So, but there's no explanation for how this connection happens. So. She, a lot of the story plays in part mostly to her her connection to Rufus and how she watches him grow from a young boy into a grown man, mm-hmm. and and then there's also the 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 interesting aspect that her husband in 1976 is a white man named Kevin. Ah, so she's married to a white man and she goes back and she and so she has this whole thing of like my ancestor was a white slave man and I'm married to this white man and it's like it, I found like I, it wasn't really I, it, like, I think it could have the book could have dialed into that a little bit more but then I think it would have probably made it too much about Kevin possibly uh, so it's him. good that it kind of stuck with her mm-hmm. um but it was really good it was really interesting book and the way it ends is kind of sudden but it kind of makes sense because the way how she enters in to traveling in the past is kind of sudden too Mm-hmm. So it's a really interesting and it's a first person narrative, and so it's a really it's it's interesting to see how how Tavi imagines this this black woman traveling back into time dealing with slavery and mm-hmm. and it's something we see on TV we we, we see we see a lot of historical like aspects films and yeah. such that deal with slavery but we've never seen it from a perspective of somebody who has to change who they are technically change who they are to adapt and learn to survive. And she's faced with a lot of decisions. Like there are some things where she's like, "Do I run? Should I attempt to run? Will running kill me?" Yeah. And she has to watch what she said because she also can't reveal that she's from the future too, right? So, mm-hmm. so it's very. So it's a very good book. And then the next book, the oh, book that I, so go ahead, yeah. Yeah, because I don't want to like us to keep going forward, and then because I feel like we we'll have questions, if you don't mind, because. Yeah, no, go ahead. Question away, question. <laughs> Cause you know how like you like you. I feel like when you sit down and like, cause we're both pretty nerdy and blurdy, and yeah. like, um, there's always that question like, oh, if you could travel in time, where would you go? And I'm just thinking about like, as a black woman, where the <laughs> hell am I gonna go 
where it's like, where do I want to go in time? Exactly. Except anywhere, but I want I want to go forward to hopefully exactly. people being treated better. Because like, do I want to go back in time where there's the civil rights movement? Maybe if I just want to catch a glimpse of Martin Luther King's speech or seeing Malcolm X and them, but I'm like, or do you want to go back further to slavery? And I'm just like, but then the but like this book sounds really interesting because it kind of it like. It, like you said, it's coming from the perspective that we really don't get to see when it comes to time traveling. Yeah. Time traveling always seems to like focus on, you know, straight white men traveling mm-hmm. in time and like having shenanigans and adventures where it's yeah. like, I never thought that, I didn't even know this was a book. It sounds really good. Yeah, no, it's interesting. And like, as you mentioned, like a lot of people like pose this kind of questions, like where, what time in the past would you go back to? And I find when when you ask people who live or people in the African diaspora that question, our mind immediately goes back to the same history. But we never go further back to like possibly Africa before mm-hmm. um, colonization. And I always find that's interesting. Right. Is like why is it our minds always stop at? Yeah. Our, for us, the that time period always starts with slavery. But because technically that is where our as being in the African diaspora, that is where our history starts. Yeah. From colonization, right? We we we. There's something where innate where we don't think. Well, let's go back to pre-colonization Africa, mm-hmm. where where the where you can go and l- learn about tribes like the Zulu, and yeah. you know. But, but I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting that she did go back to that time, but it's like we never really go back further into our past. So mm-hmm. I think that's a part of um, colonization and and uh, slavery that we never really talk about. Where why is it that that's when we immediately go back to? Mm-hmm. Or, and and like, and the thing is, is also we always always forget black people during slavery and just before slavery, uh-huh. black people were um had like royal positions in like in England. You had black people who were lords and ladies, and marquesses yeah. and marquises, and they had money too. But we never think about ourselves in a position where we could be a lord and a lady in the, of the court, right? Uh-huh. We don't think about those kind of situations. But I like the first thing I when you mentioned it, I thought Dido Bell. I would love to go back to meet in some circumstance meet Dido Bell but then again I'd probably be a maid or a servant mm-hmm. and, I, and I'll be and as someone who loves pure costumes I would go back to like the 15 16 for the costumes alone like I just love like the hoop skirts and the corset like yeah. if I if I had the money I would probably call um cosplay if I had that because that's a lot of material and a lot of time right but there is something interesting where she has a black woman travel back through time and she has to live with that. She has to learn to function in that society. And honestly, as you said, but most of the time black people are like, we don't want to go back nowhere. Yeah. But you make a good point because I feel like there's this whole, like, on the subject of erasure, of erasure like, people, like, we've been there. We've been, like, our people have been everywhere, but people yeah. seem like to erase us from history books. So then, like, like you said, me and you, we kind of feel like, where the hell am I going to go back in time where I'm treated decent? And it's kind of like, well, we don't know, because, you know, history books have been pretty much written by white men who mm-hmm. erase a lot of things. But it's like, we were there, like you said, there were lords and ladies in, like, different countries and we existed, and we survived, and I mean, like, that's definitely an interesting take, so I, th- I like the book, I like it, so. No, it's really good, I recommend it for anyone to read, mm-hmm. and then the next really big book that I read um, was um, Babylon's Ashes, so that's book six in the Expanse series, mm-hmm. so anyone who knows me knows I'm a huge fan of the show, the yeah, Expanse. I <laughs> and I started, <laughs> and I started reading the books this year, actually, I started reading the books, Probably in January, yeah. 
So I've, I've, I've gone through, but this, I have book seven. I was supposed to start it this week, but I got distracted by um, another show that I'm going to mention later. Uh-huh. And so I have book seven there looking at me, waiting for me to start it. And so, but this is called Babylon's Ashes, and it was published in 2016. So it's written by James S. A. Corey, which is um, the pen name for Kai Frank and... I'm drawing a blank on the second author's name, my goodness. Um, but yeah, they, they wrote the Espanse um, series. And like these books are so, the name is suits, the, the, the book, the name suits the books in themselves because they are so expansive in the storytelling of the world, world building. And the amount of characters they add. And one of the things I always talk about this show and the books is the diversity. Like the uh-huh. characters are very, very diverse because you know, um, there's, all, there's always, there's a supposition that in the future, the human race is going to be mixed, right? The majority of the human race is going to be mixed due to um, interracial relationships, right? Yeah. So in this future, that is the reality. The majority of, literally almost almost the entire population of, of both Mars, the asteroid belt, Earth, everyone is like mixed. So you have people who have names, like a black person would have a Japanese last name, like Naomi Nagata. She's um she's mixed and she's a belter, so which she means she was grew, grew up in the belt that But you have people like who are mixed and they have like black people with Middle Eastern last names, Japanese last names. You have Latino people who would be considered Latino with European last names, right? And like their way they're described. And one thing I really appreciate about the writers and how they describe people is they try to describe, especially people of color, uh-huh. in very sensitive terms and like black people aren't described using food you know like when you read like romance yeah. books they always black, describe black women as like oh her skin is like chocolate yeah. or dot mahogany like no just say she's brown or like a lighter yeah. skin you know what i mean like they find ways of describing skin tone without using other like, things are brown yeah other things exactly other things are brown like like terracotta like like yeah. is a color right and it's mm-hmm. a but like they find ways and i it's, it's a small thing but to me it's really big because it shows a sensitivity to how you describe people colors that's very mm-hmm. big for me too and so i can't really give away too much into this because if i without as i do like there there's so much to the books but the team which is made up of jones james holden naomi nagata alex kamal bobby draper and amos burton they, they are the crew of the rosinante so they've been brought into this new war that started between um, a faction called the Free Navy and then there's the UN um, Army. So there, space battle ensues. It's lots of politics. It's lots of lots of po- politics. Um, like it's super dense. But I love the books. I love the stories. And I recommend anyone who loves sci-fi, even like maybe just politics, to read the books because the way how they break it down. Mm-hmm. And science, in particular, is is done is explained really well in these books. Mm-hmm. I love them. Nice. You got me at sci-fi and space battle, so... There, no, there are so... The way how science and, and like, you envision them really well, and so I, I really love how they write the books. They're very descriptive, so it makes it easier for you to imagine, mm-hmm. imagine things. Nice. Yeah. I like it. And, yeah, so... And then for other books, I read um, uh, some new romance books. I haven't read romance books in, like, probably two, three years, mm-hmm. so I started back. And um, for Amazon Kindle, I downloaded um, three books. Two were by Talia Hibbert, and one is Mary Inkmus, and the other one is a girl like her. And then the third book is by Rebecca Weatherspoon, 
which is called Wrapped. And you can find both of these authors on actually on Twitter using their, their um, names, Celia Hibbert and Rebecca Witherspoon. And these books are really good. They're they're not like super long. Um, they're like probably 300 pages each okay. uh, or, or a little bit, but they're, um, but they're really good. And the stories are very, actually pretty intense and they're really broad written. So I really love those. And if you like erotica, like there's a bit of that too. So be prepared. <laughs> I grew up reading things like Mills and Boons mm-hmm. and Harley Quinn Romances when it was like 12. I had no right reading those books at 12, but like, I graduated to like Sandra Brown. Oh, girl, that was, I should not have been reading Sandra Brown at the age I was reading her at. Like, no. <laughs> um, I, I had no business doing that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I just imagine like young Carolyn <laughs> blushing as she reads. Man, I, I, I think I got pretty desensitized early. So I think I was a problem reading those kind of romance books earlier. You become, you either you become desensitized and then you come with these, you get these grandiose ideas of what romance is. And you know what I mean? So it's like, there's some things you should be, you really shouldn't be reading as young, young children or even preteens or even teenagers because like you get these skewed sense of romance and sex and how men behave. Like I used to read a lot of the whole bad, you know, like the bad boy alpha yeah. male dynamic and when i got older i was like this is crap this is trash like <laughs> like you can you like you can like alpha males like i i'm uh, i'm attracted to like assertive men and like mm-hmm. alpha what would be called stern or alphas but then there's out al- but then there's some a lot of these books have al- alphas and they're basically abusive assholes yeah right well like, so, like <laughs> it makes me think of the twilight series and how everybody thought like edward was so romantic and like i never made it through like more than five pages of that book but my friend was like obsessively telling me you have to read it he's so romantic I'm like he sounds like an asshole like mm-hmm. I just it all like y'all are just like so taken aback and you think this is how men should act it was just like but again teenagers teenagers reading books about young adult love you know like they think like the whole like the Christian, even like Christian Grey, like in those books, like when they describe the character in the man was like, he sounds like an asshole. Why does she stay with him? Like she's I an idiot. Like oh yeah, she I, 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 she's an idiot. I try reading those books and I try reading the first one and I literally threw the book across the room because I was like, this is trash. She's an idiot. <laughs> like Anastasia's like she's literally an idiot. The way she speaks, mm-hmm. I'm like, who talks like this? Mm-hmm. And like the fact that grown people like these books, I'm like, I have to question you. I'm like, I shouldn't be judging people, but I'm like, based on the, your your choice of literature and what you consider to be good literature, mm-hmm. I judge you. I'm judging you. No, but yeah, judge away. This this is that's kind of like the basis of our show is to judge and recommend in so <laughs> we can just say whatever we want how we feel about what we watch and read. I know right like, um, <laughs> but no I get it but no that sounds like a good like I need more romantic like um books to read because you know me I'm more of like oh I want more action or like comics but like you know occasionally I do like a nice little like romance story just like to mix it up and then I can't remember if you told me were these the ones that like feature women of color as the main character yeah, yeah both writers are black women and their lead their lead women are black women too and they're um the men of the men um the men the male characters the lead male characters are asian and white so and that's another thing too i think also because i i read a lot of romance that were written predominantly by white people yeah. or by black people but they had a lot of um, white male characters. I think that's what I, I think that's why I'm all, I've always been open, interested in, are open to interracial dating. Mm-hmm. So I think, and I, so I think that's probably the, the, one of the positive aspects of reading 
romance so young like it always like, my mind has always been open to interracial dating especially growing uh-huh. up in the caribbean which yeah. was kind of a thing too because i was all surrounded by a bunch of black people too so i was like oh that is weird expectations i'm like girl you're like setting yourself up to feel right here uh-huh. um, <laughs> but yeah but so I, I would say that's probably one of the advantages or the um benefits of reading romance so young mm-hmm. no but like, and you're right because i again i'm trying to think of how many romance novels i've read or like any books that have romance in them and i don't i can't say if i've read many of them where the women are black or like the main like the love interest is the black woman and i feel like that's more that's really refreshing to just kind of like get that take rather than like yeah you know, I've read fan fiction where, like, it's, I've read, you know, the, the Rashawn fan fiction, and my biggest pet peeve of when I find one, and I'm just like, who wrote this? Like, you're not- Girl! I'll be so mad. recommendations. You need to ask me. I, I, fell, I, I fell into the fan fiction hole last year, because I, I was like, <laughs> I was like, into, I was not, as I said, I hadn't been reading, like, I used to read a lot of romances, and I'm like, I'm sending way too much money on these books, because they were like- Actual books, or we get them from the library, or I would. Um, and fan fiction is free. <laughs> you know, fan fiction is free. I found fan fiction yeah. strictly because of Rashawn. Mm-hmm. And I like, I like. There are some amazing writers on Tumblr that I've discovered, and I'm like, these ladies, yeah. I would gladly pay money to buy their books. But I'm like, you know what? If you want to keep doing it for free, that helps my pocket too. So I appreciate it. I am blessed whenever I find like a good one that that is written, but like. I can't tell you how many times I found like a Rashawn fan fiction and then it's like I get to the second chapter and I realize how trash it's written because of how they describe mm. her and then it's mm. like they almost they make Rick sound like he fetishizes Michelle. Yeah. and I'm just like oh this is getting creepy this is getting oh no I can't do this anymore I can't do it because it's like I don't like the idea of like black woman any woman at all but like it's oh it's always like women of color specifically and in black women when it comes to like any kind of romance it comes off as fetishization when they describe them or like that's the only reason that person is in like in love with them is because of yes features instead of like you can appreciate her features and you can love her for her whereas i think a lot of writers get it mixed up it's like how they want to describe like a black female character they're just like they're they're they get very vulgar with it and it's like vulgar yeah. because like you're describing her this way and in this manner because she's black and it it makes me feel like very it makes me feel gross because it's just like yeah i know what you mean yeah when i get those kind of ones i click and move on from those ones yeah, um I'm- yeah so <laughs> yeah so what have you been reading what did oh, you read okay so don't judge me you know I have a dark spirit. <laughs> Ooh, let me tell y'all about the promised Neverland. So, oh Lord. <laughs> sorry, the cackle came out. Um, so I'm just gonna give a premise and I'll read like the brief synopsis of it. Mm-hmm. So y'all, it is actually switch. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read the premise first. So life at Grace Field House is good for Emma and her fellow orphans. While the daily studying and exams, they have to take care. Like they have to take our tough, their loving care- caretaker provides them with delicious food and plenty of playtime, but perhaps not everything is as it seems. Okay, let me tell you, these kids are in this orphanage and they're being raised by this loving person and everybody calls her mama. But mm. the kids are really being raised to be killed and given to demons to be eaten. No. Yes, they're like, a, it's like a, like a, what's it called, slaughter farm. 
and the children no! don't know. The children no! don't know. <laughs> so one day, Emma, she's the main character and her friends. Um, Emma finds out by accident what's really going on, and at that moment, it's just complete shock because they see one of the other one of their other siblings. They like they they all treat each other as like a big happy family. Yeah. And, they find out because one of their siblings get adopted, quotation marks. So the little girl forgets her bunny. Emma goes and takes the bunny. Trust like, oh no, she forgot her bunny. She goes and takes her, her stuffed bunny. Emma and her friend stops her because then they see the demons and mama knows the demons. Mama is working with the demons. <laughs> like the caretaker is in on everything and it just messes the kids up completely. Like it is a great psychological thriller. And like I'm on what chapter am I on? I'm on chapter 89. <laughs> it is great. 89 um, chapters, good lord. But they go fast because it's like less than 20 pages per chapter. Oh, okay. Oh, so yeah, okay. like it's a it's just oh yeah, I should have said like it's a manga, so it's a Japanese manga. You can also get it on the Shonen Jump app. So that's where you can get that's where I read most of my manga at, and then like you can get the volumes. The volumes are like seven dollars which is a pretty decent amount of that's pretty decent for like how many chapters you're going to get in each volume yeah that's that's, that's um, pretty good yeah mm-hmm. so i don't i can't give away too much but just know like that's kind of like the premise of it um the kids then from that point start to plot how can they escape because think of it as this way of like if you carolyn like you were raised in an orphanage like in the same setting these kids were but you've never questioned the outside world you've just believed everything you've ever been taught so yeah. to them, they don't even know what the outside world looks like. They don't. So that's like half the battle. But then the other half of the battle is escaping and trying to stay one step ahead of mama because she knows everything and she keeps an eye on them. And it almost gets to the point where it's like, does mama know that they're trying to escape? Does mama know like that they know? And then it just goes more and more and more. So that comes out weekly. It is a great read. It is very, it's very good if you like a thriller. Um, the art is beautiful. Like it looks like a water um, watercolor painting in some ways, but it's like good action and just a great story all around because it keeps you on your toes. You don't know how the story is gonna go yeah. as you get through each chapter. So that's that. Hope I didn't give anybody nightmares, but it's <laughs> that is dark. I, I used to read. I used to read those kind. Of, not necessarily those kind of books, but. I used to read a lot of what would be considered dark books back in the day, like when I was, again, a teenager, I had no business reading these kind of books. But I used to read books with, like, vampires and witches and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, there wasn't really any humor to them or anything. It was just straight up. And I, my sister and I would be, like, and our mom would be like, what are you reading? Mm-hmm. Right? And I would, and I've had like what we would call demonic experiences from reading books. And I'd be like, I had no business reading these books because I, I would have like experiences, things would happen mm-hmm. in my house and things would happen to me and to my sister. And we were like, you know what? <laughs> See, I think I was deprived as a child. Because, <laughs> you know, my, I grew up in a, in a Christian household. My dad was a pastor. And yep. So everything Thanks. was demonic. Pokemon were demonic. Harry yeah. Potter was demonic, except yeah. a lot, we could watch Lord of the Rings for some reason, but okay, sure, but it's like, but I grew up always loving magic and fantasy mm. and fairy tales, so like, I kind of like that nice, good mixture of like fantasy and dark, so like dark fantasy and like, you know, 
something yeah. filler, but like make it beautiful and make it like make it look really pretty while you're trying to scare the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, but like, I, like where, I think where I found, like as I said, like growing up in the Caribbean and growing up in a black black household is everyone. Just, your parents are are Christian and you grew up in a Christian household, yep. and then their your thing, their thing, their mom would be like, "What are you watching? That looks demonic." Like I never, I watch, I didn't watch Lord of the Rings till I moved here in Canada, and so it was about twenty. 7.28 when I watched Lord of the Rings by a friend of mine, we, we decided to ditch school and we were, were like, yeah, we're going to go to school today. She's like, nah. So we went by her. She was like, what do you play watching? I'm like, I saw she had Lord of the Rings. I'm like, you know, I've never watched Lord of the Rings. And she's like, what? So I watched it. I was like, oh, okay. So we, the whole day, we sat the whole day we, and I watched all three <laughs> of the films in one day. But before that, I never watched those kind of films because, or if I did, my sister would be watching like late at night with the volume down low, so her mom couldn't hear the TV because she was like, what are you watching? And yeah. my mom was the kind of person that would take like, all the volume and like, put, put it on the TV. She's like, bless this TV. Yeah. And you're like, watching no foolishness on my TV. Yeah. But like, I, but when I, because of the experiences that I, like, the amount of experiences I've had, like, I'm like, there is some truth to some reading specific kinds of stories and like that kind of thing like you know possessions and stuff but and as I said romance I think I found my medium where it was like paranormal romances so I, I read a lot mm-hmm. I read a lot of paranormal romances where you would have people like werewolves or shapeshifters yeah. and that kind of stuff right so like there's um a series by Shelley Lawrenson um, she has two separates. There's the on there's the on kneeling series, which is a um, Stormer Crows, and there and it's about it, she incorporates um Greek um Norse Norse mythology. So it talks about so these are the gods like Odin and Loki mm-hmm. and Freya and those kind of gods, and it's about these women who turn into crows or whatever. So it's a really good series, and she also has another set of paranormal romances where the protagonists, both men and both male and female, are shapeshifters. So you have like yeah, um, but they're not called werewolves. They're just um, shapeshifters, right? So they're mm-hmm. you have people who turn into lions and um, and bears and like honey badgers and that kind of stuff. And for her, um, for her, what I like, I, she's white, but her a lot of her characters are mixed race, especially mm-hmm. the women. Like she's very careful to have women who are multiracial, who are mixed race. And I think that's very interesting because we don't really get those. Um, um, either black, just regular, um, just can be regular black, but just black or mixed race women in paranormal romances, right? So mm-hmm. it was very interesting that she is very careful to add those into the dynamics of the storylines. So, but yeah, but when I was young, I used to read those kind of books. I'm like, yeah, stay away. <laughs> I, I I get you. Like, there's some things I'm just like demonic. Like, I have a I have a degree of darkness. I just will not go. But I just like I like something where like there's dark fantasy, like. Where you can talk about like you know fairy tales and like dark fairies and like yeah. demons and like you know magic, but like to a certain degree because I'm not going past that. I'm not going to. Mm. I, I want to get possessed. <laughs> I want to read nothing that waiter spell spells. I don't no no ma'am no no ma'am. Where to have like spells for no no ma'am. Well, so I that's why I like you. me and Harry Potter no no. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter, well, I never cared about Harry Potter. I was more into, I like the world of Harry Potter, whereas, like, I don't care about him as the character. I like everything else around, I'm more interested in the world than the other characters around him. Just, like, him himself, I'm just like, you do not interest me at all. Yeah, well, I've never really been interested in the characters. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just I rather I'm more interested into like the fan the fantasy of the world around it like much more yeah um 
But okay, so yeah, that is called The Promised Neverland. You guys should check it out. If you like if you like Attack on Titan, I think you will like uh, The Promised Neverland. And speaking of Attack on Titan, that's what else I'm reading currently. <laughs> um, so, Carla, are you familiar with Attack on Titan at all? I am familiar with Attack on Titan. I've never read them. I've watched probably like five minutes of the first episode, and I was like, nope. Were you stressed? <laughs> I was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. I think there's a very there's a scene that I very vividly remember, and this is where one of the the big the giants where they're coming and they and the Titans and I think and they come to this the the city and like the people are looking over the wall. And they break through the wall, mm-hmm. and one of the Titans takes it to someone and eats some. And I'm like, peace out. That's right. Check it out. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? I bur- that's a scene I have. I bury. I have this, this vivid scene in my head. And yeah. he takes the man and he takes him and eats him and, and rips him in half and eats. I'm like, what is happening? Is this graphic as hell? And I'm about, to tell, you about, I'm about to tell you about the manga because tell me about it. But I was, I was like, what is happening? I am probably the I'm probably one of the few people you will know who actually sat down and read all of the manga because I I was too impatient to wait for them to drop season three. Like I was just like, yeah. I'm tired of y'all playing games with us. You said the manga, you said the new season three was going to drop in April 2018. It is now June. So I decided that I was going to read ahead all the way through the 105 chapters that are currently out. And wow, okay. let me tell you about Dark. It was, it made me stressed and it made me sad. <laughs> I, know, I have my answers now. So. <laughs> Um, my goodness i have my answers that's all i really wanted was the answers but ooh, at the price of like darkness and sadness and being stressed out so yeah for anybody who's not familiar with attack on titan it takes place in it's an anime and it's a manga it takes place in some land not gonna try to remember what it is it's not important um and basically giant titans like giant humanoid things run around eating people just plucking them up ripping them in half, eating them like a mozzarella, with the, the, pool, the, che- the pool cheese, the string cheese, eating them like that. Yeah, yeah. And just, like, eating them. And the Titans really ain't shit because they can't even digest people. They throw them up. And what? Like, they don't, they can't eat people. Like, they can't digest people. They throw them up, and it's like this giant mass of, like, humans melted to, like, uh, it's like if, if a cat coughs up a hairball so what's the point of eating them they just know that's just their nature they just go around eating people that's just their nature think of like the walking dead the zombies they don't know nothing they just walking around and they eat people they have no purpose they just serve as a plot device so like oh okay yeah they're just a plot device i i feel like but like you know like with attack on titan the main characters um, the main character boy is Aaron, his adopted sister's name is Mikasa, and then his best friend Armin. Those are the main three characters. And after Aaron's mother is eaten by a Titan, he vows that he wants to save humanity and that he will stop at nothing to like defeat the Titans. However, Aaron ain't shit. He is bad at a lot of things. He is talking a bunch of crap. Mikasa Mikasa is the one that is like she the one I would trust. She like you send in Mikasa to like knock out somebody, she'll do it in a split second. She can take down Titans. She take she has more Titan kills than Aaron. He took forever to kill one. 
So we got. Why do they kill them though? They have to kill them. They have to like hit them at the base of their skull, like so, like you know, like where that jugular is, where like um. Yeah, yeah. They have to like take the. Yeah, that's where the brain, the brain stem, yeah. Yeah, they're brain stem, so they have to like cut them there. Very similar, like you know, very similar to the zombies in Walking Dead. Like the only way you can kill them is if you like hit them in the brain or you chop off their heads. So, um, I feel like that's a good premise of it. And you know, spoilers for anybody who's listening who has not read the manga, who's waiting for the anime. But here's some real shit. They are on an island the entire time. So very similar to the Promised Neverland. These people have been living on an island thinking they're like the world is what the world they see around them. They have no yeah. idea that they're, they're they're actually in a prison camp. That their island is a prison camp. What? And there are themes of like the Holocaust in this manga. Because originally these people were like so the Titans that are like running around wild and free. Yeah. Are actually, people that were killed and sent to that island by from another country from the motherland because they just like how Hitler wanted to get rid of the Jews, they yeah. want, they want to get rid of this specific group of people because they demonize them and they treat they're like basically making them the scapegoats. So it's like you get taken from that land, take it to the island, they kill you. And like they're the people in the when the in like the people from the mainland, they are aware that there are folks on that island that who have built up their own society. Like that's where where Aaron and Makasa and Armin live. They're yeah. aware of it. They know those people exist and that civilization exists. But they just they've been sending titans there this entire time, while the people on the island have no idea that's been happening for years. So they, they, they've just been like, where, where are all their titans? And like, how do they get here? And where do they come from? They've just always accepted that the titans are there. So yeah. there's more things I can dive into about it. But like, that's one of the big reveals about like, oh my God, we've been on an island. Oh my God, these are big, where, are, where are these giant walls? And then they find out like, titans have been being sent there this entire time just to like add more titans to the island in hopes of like killing these people off. But then Aaron, the main character, he finds out that he has the power to turn into a Titan and revert back and forth between human and Titan. Um, basically, it's like, you know, on Gundam Wing or like those animes where there's like a giant robot, but they're inside of it. It's like he's inside oh, yeah. of the Titan and he's controlling it and he can fight. Oh, it. okay. So now they're, them, humanity has found a way to fight back against the Titans. Like they have, they finally have an upper hand because they was losing thousands of people fighting on horses and <laughs> it, oh. it was bad they were getting squashed yeah because so, the, the titans are giants right so yeah, yeah. The, the titans come in like various sizes but they are they can be huge they can be small they can be like the size of a building they can be the size of a house it they, they're terrifying there's like there's always that gift i see of the one who's running and it's a little bit smaller and it just like freaks me the hell out of me because it's still bigger than a person but it just like yeah just stop behind the bush and i'm just like nope I'm tired. I don't, I'm, I'm tired. Why do I, I'm like, why do I do this to myself? But yeah, so that was one of the big reveals in the book. Um, there's, oh man, I really want to go into it more, but I feel like I just need a whole episode. I need a whole episode to like talk about it. But we're not going to do that on this one. It's just like, just to give you like a better idea of like what the hell is going on. In a yeah. Titan. But yeah, if y'all enjoy being stressed the hell out and, you know, reading more dark things, Attack on Titan is good. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just gonna <laughs> leave it there. But I will probably keep chiming in about this one um, as we go, as I keep reading for going on with the chapters each month because that this right. one is a monthly run. And right. the last thing I read was Mr. Miracle, and that is I just wanted to pull it up. So, are you familiar with Mr. Miracle at all? I no, no. I I only know about the characters because they were mentioned when um it was said that DC was looking for Ava to direct the yeah. next DC films, um, films. So a lot of people are fantastic for Mr. Miracle, right? So that's that's all. That's the only reason I know about him. But I haven't read anything with him. Yes. Um. No. But I'm very excited about it. Um. So this is a new book. It's written by Tom King and it's illustrated by Mitch Juritz. I always say his name wrong. It's um, DC Comics. And if you're looking for a book that only features the, like, if it doesn't feature Batman or Superman, if you're looking for a DC comic that doesn't, like, connect to the outer universe, you would enjoy this book. Because I, I do love comic books, but I hate that I have to read one book to find out what's going on in another book. And then, like, you know how, like, sometimes there's, like, a whole series of, like, comics out there you have to read. I'm just like, I really just want to know what's going on with these characters. Especially. Yeah. Because I just get tired. I can't, I don't, I don't, I don't have the money to buy. I know. I think that's one of my problems with comics. Especially when you get by them and, like, the whole comic isn't about that storyline. Like, they yep. split it up. And you, you'll be, like, so, like, when I got um, a friend of mine, a, friend, a Twitter friend, Derek Halliday, he got me some that was for free comic book day. Yeah. And he got me some really nice ones. I started reading them. And like the first one I read was um, The Avengers Earth Mightiest Hero. Mm-hmm. And I got it. And I forgot. Now, they said I haven't read comics in years. So this was the first comic. Well, not that's a lie. This is probably the third comic that I've read in like probably 20 years. Because the first ones I read since they were last August, I went to Fan Expo here in Canada, yeah. um, in Toronto, and I got um, some Black Panther comics. Um, but this one for the um, Avengers, I thought the whole thing was going to be the story. It's yeah. not. It's <laughs> half. So when you so when you get to half the book, it's then another story that starts off with um, Captain America with by Tennessee um, Tennessee Coates mm-hmm. um, and art by Lino Francis Yu, and it's another story. And this one is interesting with Captain America because it's about fascism again, and mm-hmm. um, right, but. I thought the whole comic was going to be about Earth's yeah. Mighty Heroes. It's not. So I opened it, and I'm like, where's the, where the hell is the rest of the story? What's going on? You got to read the but, next book, and like, that's how they get you. Uh, that's how they get you. But I probably do want to see if I can get the second one to this, because this one has T'Challa, mm-hmm. and it's, he has to basically keep cleaning up um, mess that Odin and the other gods made with mm-hmm. these um, these. They're not gods, but they're called, um, looking for them. What, what, what are they called? What are they called? They are called, um, these gigantic beings. And I can't find the name of the book, but <laughs> the point of the matter is, the, the name of the thing, the point is, they're, they're, they're these giant beings and it only took gods to kill them. But what happened is Loki apparently has resurrected one that Odin and the others killed. Mm-hmm. And T'Challa and apparently buried in close to Wakanda, buried in Africa. So T'Challa has to go clean up this mess. And when I was reading it, I was like, I forgot how much drama Loki. And this is actually why it's very yeah. interesting about reading the series by Shelley Lawrenson because it talks about Loki and Odin. 
And I was like, these guys need some freaking therapy. Yeah. Like, Odin and Loki need some family therapy. But as I, going back to the comments, like, yeah, that's the thing. So I'm like, it's a scam, man. <laughs> Make the whole comic one story. Ugh. But, which is my point, you will like Mr. Miracle because it's pretty, you can just read the series. It's going to be a short run. I think they're only, like, going to make nine of these. So I've already read six of them, and I have loved everything about it. So I'm just going to read y'all, like, the short um, synopsis. So Scott Free, a.k.a. Mr. Miracle, is the greatest escape artist that has ever lived, so great that he escaped Granny Goodness, Granny Goodness's gruesome orphanage in dangers of apocalypse, to travel across galaxies and set up a new life on Earth with his wife, the former female fury known as Big Barda. Using the stage alter, Egypt, alter ego of Mr. Miracle, he has made a career for himself, showing off his aerobatic escape techniques. He even caught the attention of the Justice League which counted him among its ranks. You might say Scott Free has everything, so why isn't it enough? Mr. Miracle has mastered every illusion, achieved every stunt, pulled off possible, uh, oh, sorry, pulled off every trick except one. He never escaped death. Is it even possible? Our hero is going to have to kill himself if he wants to find out. And this is, again, this is written by Tom King and illustrated by Mitch Gerards. So, um... I like this one because it deals with a little, it deals with mental illness a bit. Um, like, I, like how the last part said, he never escaped death. So the whole thing about Mr. Miracle is he's the greatest escape artist. And he, he just has like this hope. He is, he always has hope. He's never, indomitable will is what it's called. It's like, it's one of his powers is that he never gives up. So mm-hmm. he wanted the challenge of, he had done every single escape. He has always escaped. He wanted to take on the challenge of death. Could he escape death? So, like, the first panel of the first book, you see him on the bathroom floor with his wrist cut. And it's very graphic. And it's very, like... But then you dive in deeper. Like, again, so this is triggering... If this is triggering for anybody, please be advised. Yeah, I was just going to say, did they give any kind of warning on the front of the comments? Like, when you open the book, the first thing you're going to see is one with their slit wrists. I would have to check again. Actually, I don't know if you see, like, his wrists are slit. And you see blood. I do remember, okay. like, you see blood. So, I'm sorry, I retract that. So, I don't know if you see, like, you don't see him slit his wrist or anything. But then, as you read on, you realize that after the death of a close friend and, like, all these other things that are going on in his life, you realize that, okay, there's actually something deeper. Like, he's doubting if, what he, if he's really still alive, if he's dead, if, like, what is life and what mm-hmm. is going on. And so, like, he's, he doesn't even know if, like, what he sees is real. Because he's like, he's talking to his wife, Big Barda, who I love, who is the best. Um, he's talking to her and he's like, is this real? And like, he's always asking her things. And he's like, asking her, like, do you remember when Granny would do this? And he's like, no. And she was like, oh, so like, no, Scott, Granny was a horrible person. So it's like, he's like almost doubting himself and his life. Yeah. All these things are going on with him personally. But then as you go on, you also see that like, Barda very much cares for him. And she's just trying to be there for him and be his rock. But at the same time, he does not have the luxury of, like, taking the time to um, really heal as someone like him would. Because you find out that Dark Side is, um, well, that is a line. It's called Dark Side Is. And that kind of always just means that Dark Side exists. He is the end. He's yeah. the end. He is all-powerful and all-knowing. So, like, in the background, there's that issue. So you're like... 
you're always just like asking yourself as you're reading the book is like what is what the hell does dark side is mean does that mean dark side is like is he the reason why scott tried to kill himself or like was dark side like what like what is going on and then all hell breaks loose because dark apocalypse goes to war with new gods which scott free is a part of the new gods so then there's like that goes on and you see scott and barter just trying to live their lives in la like as they normally do so yeah. it's, it's this nice contrast of seeing like it's a cute um it's cute to see how they act as a married couple and like yeah. how they show love for one another but on the other side you see that like he's dealing with something also going on so i kind of think it's nice when you want to see like people who are like even though like they're superheroes they also are trying to exist in the real world and just go throughout their daily lives and scott just doesn't have the luxury of you know like maybe he would have like gone and seen a therapist by now but he probably isn't going to go see a therapist and it's like a lot of deep things you want to unpack and everything and then what also happens is they have a baby all this is going on oh. like the um she gets pregnant and they welcome a baby so then like the most recent issue it's very cute like if you've ever seen where like parents co-parent um because yeah. while the war is going on um they are taking turns with taking care of the baby so if he's on the battlefield you see that bard is at home with the baby and like while he if she's on the battlefield you see him taking care of the baby so it's going back and forth and they're doing really good oh, that's interesting yeah it's very interesting and it's kind of just um it, it really goes on different on different levels of just like you you're still concerned about scott and his mental health and like it, whether or not he really is in the real world or whether or not if he's living in a delusional world like if he's still in the coma or like what's going on so I'm like I'm just still like what the hell is real and what's not real because I don't want the baby to not be real I'm like that will break my heart if the baby is fake um and then oh the one thing I don't like about this is I hate Orion um he's a superhero I guess you could call him that but he's an asshole because if anybody's familiar with the Justice League and Orion or like Apocalypse and the New Gods, there's that whole thing where like Darkseid made a deal with the New Gods leader, High Father, that they would exchange sons. Um, so Darkseid took Scott and High Father took Orion. So Scott is actually the rightful heir to the New Gods, whereas Orion is actually Darkseid's son. And it's just like, oh. but, Orion, but Orion is like an asshole, like, because High Father dies, yeah, High Father dies, and he's, like, coming in, and he's trying to, like, be the bad bitch, and, like, take over everything, and I'm just like, I hate him, I just, I hate him, and he treats Scott horribly, but he has no right to treat Scott bad, I just don't like him, so, yeah, I think that, right. oh, that is it for what I read. Alright, and so I guess we'll go on to for films. I didn't really watch much films because for this year, this month I was planning to watch Solo and Deadpool 2 and mm. for both of them I changed my mind and I said no because <laughs> spoilers. Have you watched either of them? I watched I already know where you're going with Solo because that's why I'm like so on the line of not going anymore but I did see Deadpool. Yeah. I enjoyed Deadpool and I'm going to let you go ahead and, like, say a reason, because I know, I figured we would talk about this a little bit. Yeah, I I really was, I really wanted to see, because I was really interested in Zazie Beast and also seeing Terry Crews and Louis Tan. 
Mm-hmm. And the day that I was planning on going to the cinema the morning earlier, um, I saw some people were mentioning about something that happened, and but people were trying not to spoil the film, so they were being vague. But I got an inkling of what they were what they were talking about because mm-hmm. I remember when I saw the trailer with them, I said, "If they kill off any of these people, I'm gonna be pissed." And then I saw an article. I don't think I think it was Variety, but I can't remember where. But basically, Terry Crews reveals that his character, um, his character and Louis Tan's character, trying to start die. And I was like, this is BS. And so they made it a joke. It was then supposed supposedly as a joke to the to the plot. And I'm like, this shit in this this shit in a joke is tiring. It's exhausting. It's stupid. It's played out, and it's not fun. Like I'm not gonna find it entertaining. I, I don't. Like, for me, that was for the rest of the movie. Like, everyone was talking about Zazie Beast, who's amazing, and that's what I, I really want to see, but I, I I just couldn't. And the way how they died, too, I'm like, that's some BS right there. I don't care what anyone says. Ryan Reynolds is trash for that. No, it's, I, I, it's trash. Like, that's a, that's a, that's a, that was a shitty thing to do. And, like, why, why waste all that time on your production on doing something like that? And to make it make fans think, oh my gosh, we're gonna get diversity in this film. Uh-huh. And lo and behold, no, we don't. You're gonna kill off two people, two people color characters in the beginning. And then I saw one of the directors or whoever talking about, oh, maybe bring back Peter. I'm like, screw that, F that. I know, I don't wanna say anything, but no stupid, okay. another douchey looking white man. Like, no, I'm not interested. Uh-huh. In you, uh, no, I, I'm, I, like I, I said on Twitter, I'll wait for the super cuts with all the Zazzy Beast uh-huh. scenes, and that's what I'll watch. I probably, I, I, if it comes on Twitter, on Netflix, or even on on demand, I may not even be inclined to watch it still. Because yeah. like I really, I was really looking forward to seeing Lewis and and Terry yeah. working with Zazie and the crew. I'm like, no, that was BS. Yeah. And it's so, the same thing for Solo. Like, wait, no. before you go on to Solo, yeah. So I yeah, went yeah, yeah. on um Deadpool. So I did see Deadpool. Um, I did like it, but you know, like it's only because I say this all the time. Like Ryan Reynolds has find found his dream role as yep. Deadpool. Because, like, you get to play an asshole, but, like, he always plays an asshole character, but I think he plays it very yeah. well. So, like, in that regard, the movie, like, it's it's the same, it's about the same entertainment you're going to get from, like, you got from the last one. But, yeah, if I could go back and say, like, two things that really got on my nerves is, one, they killed Vanessa, his girlfriend. So they yep, just, the woman in the refrigerator thing again, and I'm just like, ah, but, like, the after credits scene kind of fixes that. But I still always hate when, like, yeah. why did you... It's just, like, Into the Badlands. Why did you take the per, the person that was the whole entire, like, motivation in the first movie, like, he w- went through all of this to save her and, like, to get back with her, to then kill her? But, you know, like, in the post credit scene, he goes back in time and saves her. Sorry. Yeah, which is BS. So it was, like, all of that trauma was for nothing. And you killed, literally killed her to bring for her nothing, back. which... Which is literally one of the reasons I, I stopped watching Flash because that whole storyline with Iris, it was literally the same thing. They kept killing her over and over. And I said, I don't got to support these kind of shows or these films without, no, you're not getting any money for that because it's a stupid thing to do. Yeah. That one, and it's just like, and see, I was trying to figure out, I'm like, okay, are y'all trying to pull off the whole, like, is she deaf? Like, that, the death narrative? Because, like, that I can get with. Like, if she's actually the embodiment of death, like, in the comic yeah. Then I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool because they kind of did the whole thing where, like, he would, like, kill himself just to try to get to her. And then, like, I'm like, oh, wait, is it going to be revealed that she's deaf? Because I'm like, then that would probably be a little bit worth it. But that wasn't the case. She's, she she was dead. He was just wanting to join her in the afterlife, which, again, meh, it's Deadpool. But 
at least they fixed that part in the after credit scene. Now on to like killing everybody, like his X-Force team. I was pissed off because there was that whole misdirection. Like we saw clips of Shatterstar fighting mm-hmm. and then you saw clips of Terry Crews fighting. You saw pictures and I'm like, uh, I'm like, unless you make an alternate like movie on the DVD and they actually live. I'm just kind of, it was just very irritating. I know it's, again, it's like using people of character bodies for a plot device, and I'm just, I'm very weary of that being the thing. Like, I mean, I love that the whole thing, that scene was to show that Domino is lucky, like, because she says, like, being lucky is my power, and, like, yeah. that was, like, the one thing it highlighted, like, oh, yeah, the only one who just, who survived was Domino. And it's like, yeah, but they could have done it another way. Oh, yeah, they could have done it a completely other way. They could have just shown those characters get, being taken down first and not dying. I just don't, like, I, I'm tired of seeing, like, people with character of uh, characters being used as plot devices, you know, like, as, ki- as being killed, which is a great transition into Solo. So I'm going to let you take it away. Cause I just, yeah, uh, so for Solo, like, I had a sneaky suspicion that they were going to off Fanny's character. Yep. When I noticed um, we barely saw anything of her in the latest trailer, in the last trailer, and it was like, yep. and and then they have Ron Howard, and he's not known for diversity in his films. He is not. Like he he his his filmography includes extremely white cast. Yep. So I was like, you're bringing Fanny Newton. I'm like, kudos, she's not in alien makeup, but this is Ron Howard. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna be skeptical. Yep. And then I realized that I wasn't hearing anything much about her. And then, of course, the only people I kept mentioning when, when it was released that were mentioning that were being pissed off were black women. Yep. And that was my tip-off. Because I'm, like, when it comes to, and I think a few, few white female um, film critics mentioned it. And, like, one or two, like, and two or, like, one or two that I can name. And but the majority of people that were pissed off were black women, and that was that let me know exactly what had happened. I'm like, okay, yeah. so they killed off Tani Newton's character, and then if I'm gonna kill off in the first act, I'm like, you are not getting my money solo, but that is BS. Yep, it's like just, no, and no, is it? And like, how many times have we kept saying that we want to see a black woman in Star Wars? And it's like, this is and the sad thing is, this isn't the first time they've killed off a black woman for a plot device. They did the same thing in the Rebels cartoon, and not the Rebels cartoon, what was it? In the Clones cartoon. They did the same thing. Like, so do you remember, like, Star Wars Rogue One? Yeah. Okay, you remember how Forrest Whitaker's character is named Saw Guerrera? Yeah. He has a sister named Stila Guerrera. Yeah. Um, Saw Guerrera, his origin, he was originally an animated character on the Clone Saga, and... Like, you have, like, this whole four-episode arc of learning about his sister and him and, like, how they're, rebe- they're, they're like, leading rebellions on their home planet during, like, mm-hmm. everything. The Jedis come to help train their, their soldiers. And so it builds up to this whole thing. And Stila, like, becomes the leader. And she's going, she's, like, this great, like, general who's leading them to freedom, who, like, got everybody, got freedom back for their people. And, like, she's a... She's just awesome. She's an awesome character, and it's like this beautiful black woman. And what is what happens? She dies. They kill her. They killed her. And I was just like, I'm so sick. And like when I found out about Sandy Newton's character, I was like, Oh, we got a black woman in Star Wars. And then I read, and then I saw something about her dying. I'm like, So 
I'm tired. I'm tired yeah. of not ever having, we apparently black women don't exist in space because you kill us off before we can have babies. And yep. that's why, that is why we have no black women in Star Wars because y'all yep. kill all of us off. I'm just, and I know people will probably look at it it's like, oh, it's just, it's just so, because she just so happened to be the character that did that. I'm like, no, y'all got to do better. It's just, you you don't give us any roles. Like, I love that Lupina Nyong'o is the voice of Maz and everything. And I love that, that she, I like that character, but I'm tired of black women in Star Wars either being in makeup and they're only singers or dancers who are in alien prosthetics or they're like yeah the cantina yeah yeah and then they get like maybe one scene they get maybe one scene that one woman who got a scene and i just remember her because she was the only black woman in the movie and she like said something about like the rebels not fighting and she'd give up and i'm just like can i just get oh um that was the general in force awakens yeah Yeah. when she was talking yeah when they were at the council table Mm-hmm. She on the goal cake. Yeah, she's the one yep. one line. Yep, she just had that one line, and I'm just like, I really, really wish we could just have, you know, some black women in this movie. Like, I know there has to be some black women Jedi. I'd like, I know there has to be like some black women who aren't in alien prosthetics in this giant universe. But you know, they just they're about to make a Boba Fett movie. So screw that. I'm just. Like, I know, like people. I'm excited. Uh, like people are saying that he better be Maori and oh, like you know be. the. Yeah, so, but, then but even then, I'm like... But what if they just put a helmet on? That's my biggest concern. Like, exactly. Y'all just gonna put a helmet on him and he not gonna say anything? Or are you actually gonna, like, show him with show him as being Maori and, like, have him talk and have a scene? Because that's there's two different things. Because somebody tried to call me out on Twitter and after I said that whole thing, like, so y'all gonna make a movie about the dude who has said less than two words ever on screen. Mm-hmm. Like, with, like, he met, like, as a child in the animated series, he said things. But as an adult, he said nothing. So we gonna make a movie about the dude who has said nothing. And while you got Ahsoka out here, or you can make up a you can make a movie with a black woman or other women of color besides the woman of color always being in love with somebody, and that's their only plot device. I'm just, oh, I'm like, and nothing. And if they do actually make the Bubble Fett movie, and they better make it with a Maori Maori character. Like I just, I'm tired of this whole erasure and a giant in a universe in a galaxy that is supposed to be full of people like it just doesn't make any sense like you're it's a galaxy with so many beings exactly that's why this is why this is a great segue into the tv shows because that's why i love the expanse so much because diversity is so pun intended diverse right like you have characters who you have women who are black. You have women who are Asian. They're heroes. They're villains. You have women who are Middle Eastern. You have women, you know, like they're from countries. They're from African yeah. countries. They speak with African names and they have ethnic names. And I'm like, this is what we like. We exist. Like I don't like. I it's we like it, it it pisses me off because like, you expect us to spend money on tickets and support Disney and whatever, but you're not giving, you're not reciprocating or or appreciating our our thing, right? You want my ticket, you want my ticket money, but you can't like give me some representation. Like it's ridiculous. And I like, so when you go show like the Express and thank God, and thank goodness Star um, Star Trek Discovery, where you have Sonequa Martin-Green and Michelle Yeoh and like there's other, and I'm hoping for next season we get more dialogue with the other background characters, you know, like the, um, the, the other, gosh, I'm drawing a blank, 
for the other characters on in, in Star Trek Discovery, yeah. there's some there's other like background and stuff. I'm like, I hope they get more screen time and I hope they get more dialogue for next season, right? So when you when you have those kind of shows and you see like Disney and you got white block white brunette women in all yeah. the roles, I'm like, it's BS and it's garbage. I'm like, and they and the things they have the they do have the material because they don't have to go create it from scratch because like I keep telling everyone, I want to see Lost Stars adapted into a film. Yeah. The, the vision written by Claudia Ray because she has Cinere who's uh quoted as black. I I see her as a black as uh-huh. black as a black woman, right? So I'm like, you have the characters, like they're there, like for the films and like I'm so tired. Like Kathleen Kennedy, friggin' do better, man. Yeah. You're right. It just it it puts a, a like this horrible taste in our mouths because you know like we as black women and being interested in so many different fandoms we want to support the things we're interested in so like when you find yeah. out about a series like the expanse who like ooh sci-fi oh and oh leading women who are like like the main characters you mm-hmm. know it tracks you because like these women are predominantly focused on where it's like I can't think of a lot of sci-fi where we get to have like black women be the main characters or in leading roles and it's like i yeah. want more of it and i especially want it in movies and like in franchises i like like i love star wars i want to see a black woman in star wars i don't think it's that oh, hard it should not be so hard because and i said and like everybody i feel like always has the same argument because they'll say like well you have Han, like not Han, you have like um you have lando and you have um Yes. Where has Lando been? You haven't seen Lando since um the the first three movies, like the like mm-hmm. episodes four or five and, and not even four or five because he wasn't in episode five, I don't think. He was in yeah. episode four and episode six and even then episode six. Everybody, small. It's like shut they, up. Like and they're yeah. black men. Like, come on, they're black men. And that see that's the thing, because people take black as like when they hear black, they automatically think men. But then they also hear black, they think like, oh, if we just give a black character, it should be fine. Like, we should be covered completely. So let's just give a black man. That's like the whole James Bond thing when everybody's like, the next James Bond will either be a black man or a woman. And I'm just like, oh. But can it be a black woman? Like, I want to see Money Penny. I want to see Naomi Harris playing the role seven. Like, yeah, because I'm just like, y'all do know black women exist, right? Like, that was like the stupidest thing I ever heard, like, black or woman. I'm like, you do know black women like that's a thing or like unless yeah. we don't exist and we're just living in a simulation because i just mm. i need some answers but no um, i know it's, it's ridiculous it is was there anything else you wanted yeah. to say on that one on no like no because then as i said we probably that's that'd be like a whole podcast discussion in itself <laughs> yeah forgive us y'all we still get the hang of this but like i feel like we want to we don't want to dive in too deeply but we do want to dive yeah. in deeply as we like we move along especially because like we can go episode by episode as we yep. keep going and everything yeah um was there any did you want to talk about any of the other stuff you watched any other TV um shows? okay so how long have we been going pretty long but for other TV shows, so I watched um, season two of Dare White People on Netflix. 
It was really good, way better than season one. Um, The characters were way more fleshed out, and I really enjoyed Sam's development, Mm because in all honesty, she annoys the hell out of me. Yes, don't call her shit. That's why. No, and she got called on her shit quite a few times in season two. She still did and said things that annoyed me, because I'm like, you are so stubborn. Like, she doesn't listen to anyone. Mm -hmm. And the scene that I really enjoyed, my favorite scene with her, was the one where she was speaking with her ex. Yes. Drawing a blank on his name, but okay. I appreciate it. he 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 called yeah, he called her out. He's like, you need to stop. He's like, like he, you know what I mean? Like he was like, she get defensive not. at the slightest thing, the slightest thing, and he's mm-hmm. like, like literally, he didn't say, it, but it was sticking in my head. I'm like, she's pulling the race card. Every conversation she does, they're gonna have. She pulls the race card, and I'm she like, does. he didn't say, it, but that's a lot. I'm thinking, I'm like, chick, you literally pull the race card for every conversation. Mm-hmm. When the race has nothing to do with it. If the man is telling you're stubborn. Yeah, he's talking about your ass being a black woman stubborn. He's like, you just stubborn. Like, yeah. you just don't listen. But see, that's the thing. Is like, and I watched it too. And it's like, that was my biggest pet peeve with Sam. It's like, she's so quick to argue from the perspective of a black woman, but then she doesn't, like, she is almost like she doesn't believe in intersectionality. Like, no. Can you see how she like, so easily speaks over her friend Joelle when, like, they're trying yes. when they're recording the episode? It's like, yeah. You just you cut you completely cut her off. You like and then like then it goes back to like Sam personally. Sam thinks she is right about everything. everything. Which again, being a sophomore in college, I feel like she just feels like I know things now and I've been exposed to like racism on like my college campus. So like I'm aware of this and like white people are completely blind and like I'm the one who has to speak the truth and like everyone's looking to me. I'm like, girl, chill. You are not the only voice that like people have. Like people have their own voices. Like that's why I love Coco. So Coco, I love Coco and Joel. I actually prefer them over Sam. Yes, Coco and Joel are my faves. Um, Sam is like not my favorite at all. I think that's the whole reason is like you're not supposed to love Sam. I just don't like how Sam doesn't acknowledge her shit. Like Sam has issues and she doesn't want to acknowledge it. So, but like you said, when it comes to like arguments with people she's very quickly quick draw of the race card when it's like not even appropriate because it's like it's not because anyone's being racist towards you sam it's because you're jealous you're petty and you don't want to be called wrong but you you can be wrong and you can be very selfish and self-absorbed and but it's like mm-hmm. this season it was finally like coco is like the main one who will call her out on her shit and i yep. love coco for it because while coco isn't perfect either she like just has always been ingrained in her that like I have to work ten times harder. I yep. have to like I I want to be this place in my life and I want to be like and like she's willing to sacrifice whatever she has to to get where she wants to be. And it's like I don't take the abortion episode with her lightly at all. Like no, I think that was a really well done episode. Oh, that was an awesomely done episode. I mean, like at first I wasn't quite sure where they was gonna go with it because you know like they were kind of painting the whole abortion thing as like this dark and like most horrible thing to do like and I'm like yeah it's not an easy decision I imagine for any mm-hmm. woman to make but it also goes back to like it's her decision to make and that's kind of like what I liked about her friend like while her friend didn't really want her to do it she didn't want she so supported her right yes she supported her and I'm like that is what's right it's like she was there for her and I like that we got to see more of her friend Chelsea exactly yeah I really appreciated her um how they explain it because I drew a I drew a comparison to um Olivia in Candle? 
scandal when her abortion episode that episode pissed me the hell off mm-hmm. because to me and it's and the, and the thing and it's such an interesting thing to see because coco's young she's in college yeah. she's not beginning her life and she to me showed more maturity yeah. and more emotional intelligence and in how she spoke about um abortion and how she came to the decision whereas olivia she was to me very flippant and she didn't really care like mm. you know what i mean like to me there was no gravity to the decision like okay yes like women many women have different have abortions for different reasons and mm-hmm. like my problem isn't that she got the abortion my problem was how it was dealt with in the show because yeah. after she gets the abortion she goes home and drinks alcohol and sits down in front of her um her christmas tree on her white sofa drinking her, her glass of wine like i'm like that first thing first that's irresponsible storytelling because when you get an abortion you can't drink alcohol immediately after so yeah. I was like, that's some BS right there. I'm like, that should that should never be. Mm-hmm. Uh, that should never be shown in any film, in any show, especially with grown woman mm-hmm. who just had a motion go home and smiling, skinning her teeth. Mm-hmm. Like it was like that, you know what I mean? Like, no, that's that was a well done. Yeah, and it felt very detached because I don't know if like the whole point of it like I get that their whole point was going like women get up women get abortions every day and it doesn't have to be this big yeah, thing. But, I'm like, yes, okay, cool, but it was just like the level of it was just like I questioned a lot of it. It was just like oh. to me, it was to me, it was it, to me, it, it didn't serve anything to the plot. It was just there, and I'm like, she mm. might as well have. It, it, to me, she it looked like she went to get a pedicure. Yeah, like, it was treated with the same. It was treated with the same thing, and like just even getting the alcohol, I'm like, you don't like it's just just irresponsible storytelling to show women who just got it from a medical standpoint mm-hmm. getting a drinking a glass of alcohol when she just had a, a major medical procedure what yeah it's just, like, it was like no and but that's why to me i yeah 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 so to me it showed like um to me like how it was handled on there white people was handled very maturely mm-hmm. and it was handled very truthfully and it's uh, like you know what i mean and so i really appreciate so this season was really really good um mm-hmm. And the way how they they spoke about their alt right and how they yeah um and like it 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 worked really really well so I really enjoyed this season of um of Dear White People so I recommend anyone watch it and the other thing that I I watched the other things that I watched on Netflix were um uh two films two shows called Black and I am done and they're Korean dramas oh and they're amazing. They're Aww. ridiculous. They're hyper. They're dr- melodramatic as all get out. Filled with drama, tears, screaming, crying. It was amazing. And I'm not. Sh- and I'm. I'm. I. I have no problem saying that the main reason that I kept watching it was because the main lead, played by Song Siang Hoon, is gorgeous. That man is fine. Mm-hmm. He is a beautiful crier. Like oh, like he he can win an award and how to cry. He's fine. <laughs> But they're really good. Um, so Black is about this this girl who can see death. So she can see when people are going to die. Oh. And so there's this cop who, um, he, and you know, I can spot it because the, the, the twist in the end is, was ridiculous. I was like, what? Yeah. So like, he's a cop who dies and he, his body gets possessed uh, or gets taken over by death. By, by a Grim Reaper. There's like the whole thing is like there's for the Grim Reapers there's like hundreds of them, right? So there's one. Right. There's like hundreds of them. So that's different, right? So like mm-hmm. this one Grim Reaper, he's looking for one that ran away. So he took over this guy's body, 
And so like, there's this whole thing with him trying to stop her from figuring out that he's that he's a Grim Reaper because she can't see them, right? So he has to wear all black to stop uh-huh. her from seeing him. Um, but I was like, oh my gosh, the romance is like these Korean dramas believe in unrequited love or like forget get get that the freaking last. And I'm like, kiss, damn it, kiss. <laughs> Right, but there's some yeah, as so Sam Dunn is um this art she's this art history professor, so she the is so it's present day um Korea and um so Korea and then there they go back into um feudal um Korea. So it's like really interesting. The costuming oh. is amazing, the set pieces are amazing, the production quality of these shows mm-hmm. rivals anything that Hollywood could produce. I don't care what anyone says. Like the, the attention to detail is like spectacular. The only thing with them, they're super long. Black is 18 episodes, and each episode is two hours long. Awesome. Yes. And see, I'm done is 28 freaking episodes at two hours long. I had to skip some because I had to Google. I was like, oh, let me see what this story in it. And when I saw, I was like, oh, 18 episodes, like black? No. 20. I said, you know what? I can't. I skipped like six episodes. I'm like, I cannot. Oh no. I can't imagine what filming is like. Like, how long do these people film? Oh, I didn't even know they made TV shows for two, like episodes two hours long. Oh Jesus, girl. I want to watch it's a it. Sort of forced to watch these things. They're really good, but like, see, I'm done. It's really good, but I had to skip a few episodes because I'm like, no, I can't. I'm like, no. I'm gonna fun. have to like. I need to like have nothing going on for the next few weeks, but I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna add it to my queue. Like, I'm gonna. I, if you if you like drama, if you like melodramatic antics, like mm-hmm. it's really good. And the thing is, is the. The way, even even if the story, a lot of it don't make sense, the way how they wrap everything up is really good. And they always get you right in the field. Like, you mm-hmm. always get honest. And I'm like, oh, my emotions. <laughs> and then there's, you know, so it's like really good. Um, but yeah, I'm going to start watching more. I used to watch Korean dramas years ago, but I haven't watched it. So I'm, I'm falling back into the whole. And Black is really good. The only thing I would give a trigger warning for Black is it does have a little bit of um, visuals of story um, with suicide and stuff. But uh, so I would I would say be careful. But it's not anything like super graphic. But like it's still it's still there. Mm-hmm. But um, but it's really good. So that's it for me for TV shows that I I got into this month. Okay, um, I'm gonna like go through like the two cartoons that I've watched that I love so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'll talk about the two TV shows. So Steven Universe is my fave. I even just did like a little yeah. short cosplay cosplay of it on Twitter. Um, but. So I've been watching that from the very beginning, and I just think of like if y'all don't know about Steven Universe, guys, go get into it, go Google it, and go like binge it on the Cartoon Network app because it's amazing. But so, uh, what was it? Oh yeah, so Steven Universe, he's a young boy, like 12, 13 years old. He lives with like you, I guess you could call him his family. They are called the Crystal Gems. Think of them as like they like his aunties or like. His sisters, they don't really have genders. So the Crystal Gems are these aliens who are non-gendered um, aliens, but they, like, take on the, like, feminine forms. And yeah. like, he's basically their caretakers, and he has his dad. And Stephen is just, like, this, like, very nice boy. He's friendly to everybody. Um, his mom was named Rose Quartz, and she and the Crystal Gems fought in, a, in the gym war, because the world could be saved and they could have like they could be free from the homeworld gems taking over the world. So I'm just briefly explaining that. So 
Um, they recently, Steven Universe is very famous for like going on long hiatuses between their seasons and everything. So a lot has built up and happened over like the last five seasons of Steven Universe. But girl, I just want to talk about this one spoiler that really made me mad. But so Rose Quartz, um, like the whole thing was that like Rose Quartz was like this rebel and that she fought for freedom and that she was like, she came to earth, like, and then she got there and she's like, you know what? I want to like, I want this world to be free. I want everyone to have the ability to be themselves, to be true to themselves and love themselves. So here's the real thing. Rose is actually Pink Diamond, who was in charge of Earth. And Rose came up with this elaborate scheme, Pink Diamond, I should say, came up with this elaborate scheme to have Pearl, her best friend, a gem that is also Steven's character, like friend and everything, kill, kill her, quotation marks. And basically that was the plan that like, they would frame it as Rose killed Pink Diamond. And that would mean that the, that Rose save the world and that's where it is right now i'm just going it's a lot it's very confusing i realized i did a horrible job summarizing that <laughs> it was just annoying to me because it's like this entire time that and most people have been theorizing this for a long time is that rose quartz with pink diamond and it was like that whole thing of like oh who killed pink diamond was it really rose did steven's mom really do this did she really kill somebody and then you find out that this this bitch ain't never been dead like she, she was selfish. She was running away from her problems. She was selfish. She like it's because she decided once she got to Earth that she didn't want to like take it over and like take all the resources and like drive the Earth out. Like yeah, uh, it's just a lot. But anyway, so that's Steven Universe right now, and it's gonna go on from there. Yeah, I feel like people will be mad at how I summarized it, but it's fine. Um, but the other show I'm excited about is Craig of the Creek. So right. This is the cutest cartoon. Like, if you have ever wanted to just see a black slice of life cartoon or show, check out Craig yeah. Creek. It is so cute. And I, I keep saying it's cute because you get to see a black family with, like, in, like, just interact and go throughout their lives. It's not, and it's like, I say this because, like, I feel like on TV nowadays, we see a lot of black TV shows where, the black people are always dealing with some kind of like struggle or strife or like yeah. I mean it's very common in almost everything like it does in every and, and I'm at the point where I'm like I don't want to see another slave movie I don't want to see another movie about black people where where the young daughter gets raped and then it's like it's all about her finding her self-love again because I see it too many times it's written by black men who don't know how to write for black women I'm just like I'm just tired of like how black storytelling is going in some ways where it's like I also feel like it's becoming more refreshing because we're getting other stories told that don't involve black pain and black struggle so that's why I like Craig of the Creek because Craig is a young boy maybe like 10 years old and he just loves outside he loves going to the creek he loves going to the creek yeah. exploring it with his friends finding new things going on adventures and you see it from the point of view of like a 10 year old so like their imagination is everywhere like Maybe they imagine it, like, they have this episode where Craig and his friends meet this boy who's obsessed with building things out of cardboard, so the boy builds, like, a cardboard town, and, like, you see, like, Craig and his friends, like, blow up a giant cardboard robot, and it's, like, you actually see fire, but, you know, that's just, like, their imagination. Imagination, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, it's very cute, and it's lovely, and it's just, it makes my heart, like, grow, (laughs) 
And it, but then like there's also like this very black feeling about it because you see Craig interact with his parents and you see like Craig, there's this episode where Craig is talking about like this new math class I'm in is hard because he's put into like an advanced math class. And his mom tells him like a very, you know, like how our moms would probably tell us like, yeah, baby, sometimes things are going to be hard, but you just got to deal with it. And you got to do, you're going to, you're going to do okay. It's not like they coddle him. They're like, you just got to focus more and you got to buckle down and you got to get it. And like, you got to work harder than some people in your class because it's yeah. come easy to you. And then what else? Oh, but at the same time, there's this one episode with the grandparents and the grandma hugs Craig and she's like, oh, you always smell like outside, which made me feel like it was my grandma. So it's just, yeah. Uh, it's such a cute show and I love it and it's just it's a nice slice of life it's a nice change because like I could easily see Craig as being the um sidekick in another if this was a different show I, I could easily see that character like the black boy he could have been like the sidekick. yeah but instead you actually you actually get to see him be the main character with his friends and I think that's cool because I've I, there, I just haven't seen a lot of like cartoons with like black boys as the main characters and the black girl and then like there's characters for black girls too and it's like it's a very diverse cast i would say that like it's you see different like characters you're introduced to so it's cute and i love it um on to the two tv shows um so i'm catching up on preacher i'm just gonna summarize season one but in the it's kind of upsetting because i found out a spoiler related to what we were talking about earlier about black women dying in TV, yeah. TV, so I'm kind of depressed. Yeah, you said preacher. Yeah, preacher. Don't tell me they kill off Ruth Nega's character. I found that out today. What? Yes, I was just like, cause I, okay, well let me just let me tell y'all about preacher. So preacher is about Jesse Custer, a hard drinking, chain smoking preacher who, enduring a crisis of faith, becomes infused with an extraordinary power. He embarks on a quest to better understand his new gift. Alongside his trigger happy ex girlfriend Tulip, and new vampire friend Cassidy. So this, when I found out about the show, it was perfect for me. It's based off a comic book. I haven't really read it, but I like it. I like paranormal yeah. things. I like when we bring in like Christian mythology. You know, like angels, demons. Um, the whole power that he gets is called the voice of God, basically. And like Dominic, yeah. the the main guy. Like I love him. He was Tony Stark's father, and like. Captain America, First Avenger, um, Dominic Cooper, and Ruth Nega yeah. is the other star. She's playing Tulip, and it's like, he's this preacher that used to be like, uh, uh, I would guess you could say a criminal, like a hard criminal, a gangster, whatever. He used to just like do a whole bunch of stuff with him and Tulip. Think of it like Bonnie and Clyde, but they lived. Yeah. Um, so they go on this whole thing because he's discovering this new power, but eventually they realize that like, something else is going on, like, something's not right, and then, like, eventually comes to the conclusion that, like, God is missing, like, God's not in heaven anymore, and the angels have been trying to cover it up for years, so God's not in heaven, so that, like, kind of summarizes how, like, season one ends, and then you go on to, like, they're going on a road trip to find God, and it's kind of, like, some of these things are funny, because, like, he's in a bar, he's in his preacher, like, outfit, and he's, like, I'm looking for God, and he asks all these people, and, like, people are laughing at him because, like, why is the preacher looking for God? But it's, like, it's a nice, it's a good narrative because him being a preacher himself is struggling yeah. with faith. And, like, me, again, like, I like that whole narrative, like, of somebody who's, like, kind of struggling, like, with um, some kind of inner turmoil or they're looking for something because it gives for a great story. And I'm in season two, but I just wrapped up season one this last month. But I found out from a spoiler that Tulip died. 
and I'm pretty sure that's going to happen towards the end of season two. So I'm going to try and keep pushing through it because I love Tulip. Tulip is awesome. She is, she's edgy. She doesn't, ho- she don't take shit from nobody. She does yeah. bite her tongue around people. If she does, it's because she's truly scared and she's no- she knows it's a threat. But she's just this awesome character. But like, she's also, she's, she has multiple levels to herself. Like, she can be vulnerable. She can be um, very like sweet and she can be very nice like to, depending on who the character is and her and Jesse kind of they definitely have this I don't want to call it toxic love but like they, they have a deep love for each other which was probably toxic for them at one point when they were younger which is why they broke up but they really truly love for each other and then I found out that she dies and I'm just really kind of hold off for season 3 that you know like Maybe it's like, you know, in like Supernatural, where no one really stays dead, like on the Supernatural mm. TV series. But at the same time, I don't want to give nobody my views if she's really dead. So I need to yeah. know, I need to know like within the first three episodes of season three, if she's going to be brought back to life, because, or like make her a vampire, because I'm not going to have it. Because she's, she really feels like a big part of the show to me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know I know a little bit about Preacher because I've seen like clips for it and stuff. But and I know a lot of people on Tumblr love um, Tulip's character. Sorry, love Tulip and Ruth Nega playing her. So it's dis it's disappointing that they kill her off, especially when she's such a fan favorite. So again, another black woman getting killed off. But um, yeah, these shows, these writers really need to do better. Yeah. And um, so. Um, I think that's it, right? We've covered all of our topics, and we went a little long today. Yeah, we got yeah, We went a little long today, but um, I, so to wrap up, I guess we can cut, we can discuss what we're looking forward to for the next month, and then we'll wrap up. Yes. Okay. So I think one of the biggest things I'm looking forward to is we have Luke Cage that's coming out soon. The trailer looks good yes. for that. I'm yes. probably just gonna skip over the Iron Fist episode. Mm. Um, just because oh I don't feel like it, and I'm tired of him, and I don't want him and Misty to get together. So, but I am looking. He deserves better. Yeah, I'm just. I'm. I don't want it. I don't want it at all. So, the the pro- Misty with Danny is the excuse me. Like, no, she deserves better than that whining man child. He's like, a whining man child. He is Oliver. And, He's Oliver Queen. He is. And then you look at not even just the characters, but the actors too. I'm like, God love God love Sima Mystic if they put her together with him and she has to pretend to be loving her. I'm like, give the lady her Oscar right now. Yep. If like, no. But like no. Um and so what I'm looking forward to is I've gotten back into Into the Badlands. There was a bad character decision that was made in the end of season one, and I struggled with watching it, and mm-hmm. um, I struggled with the decision to watch it, but I decided to, to start by watching because Louis Tan is on it, and it's another mm-hmm. show where Daniel Wu and, um, and one of the writers is Latoya Morgan, Black Woman, so I said I'm going to and support the show because, it's, because of the diversity. I'm still upset about the decision to kill off Dale. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a decision I'll never be able to get over, but I said I'm going to watch to support them and i do like the storytelling and the action choreography is amazing i always talk about action choreography and the costuming is amazing um but um yeah i'm so upset about bill but that's what i mean i'm looking forward to it the season is really good and lewis um lewis's character gaius is really interesting and as a lot a lot as i mentioned to the 
to the um, to the development between um sorry to the story between him and the sister um, Baron Cho. So it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And what else I'm looking forward to is season X fans is gonna get season four because Amazon picked it after Sci-Fi dropped it. Yeah. And so yay for that we're gonna get season four. So um mm-hmm. I'm excited to see the rest of season three now. And what else am I looking forward to? Incredible. Oh sorry. Pardon? I was said, I just cut you off. I had said Insecure comes back. <laughs> uh, yes, and Insecure is coming back. They dropped the promo this today on um, May, sorry, June the 3rd. So I'm looking forward to season three of Insecure. And also, drumroll please, Incredibles 2 is coming out, opening oh, at yeah. theaters June 15th. I'm so excited. We will be talking about that. Yes, for this. Uh, <laughs> we will definitely be talking. We probably have we to do going- Yes, we are dedicating an episode of it. We have to. Yes, I love, like, The Incredibles is one of my favorite cartoons, so The Incredibles mm-hmm. 2 I'm looking forward to it. So, and also, listeners, you can look forward to my interview with Frankie Abney. He's actually one of the animators for Pixar. Aww. And I did an interview with him for Sci-Fi Wire, so look forward to that yeah. um, this coming week before the film opens. And I will link, once this is published, I will link a... Uh, the article to the um so here's what happened podcast twitter account so look up for that so Mm -hmm. that's it so that's what i'm looking forward to for june yes um yeah i think i kind of covered mine because i believe in luke cage is coming and nothing really is coming up for june for me except for like you know i will continue to watch what i'm watching Mm -hmm. um and just continue to be excited about Insecure season three because oh, it left us on a cliffhanger, and I just need to know like what yeah. the heck is going on with Issa and Molly and all of that nonsense. But I love how messy and how real and how just like so messy. It's, it's so messy, but it also is so good. Like you just can't yeah. you can't stop watching it. So Insecure is awesome, and uh, love seeing black women like be whatever they want to be. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I think that's everything for what we are looking forward to. If we have nothing else to discuss, was there anything nope. else you want to discuss? Um, uh, no, that's it. Cool. So, again, guys, me and Carolyn are new to this whole, like, the social platform, but we do want to hear from you. We want to get your feedback. We want to know if there's areas we can improve on. Please let us know. Um, you can hit us up on Twitter, or you can hit us up on the reviews. You can give us your own Breaks and reviews. Also engage with us on Twitter. You can con- you can connect with us on our Twitter account. Um, you can find me on Twitter at la underscore ney underscore sha. And Carolyn, you want to tell people where they can find you at? You can find me on Twitter at Carrie C N H one two. So that's Carrie C A R R I E C N H one two. And as I always say, I tweet a lot. I do a lot of thirst threads. I um, you can find my latest articles that I've written pinned to my profile um, pinned to my profile page. And yeah, you can find us on Twitter, always talking, discussing pop culture, yep. film, TV, random stuff. So look up for us and look up for future episodes. And please spread, share, let us know what you guys yep. think about it, what you think we should watch. And, mm-hmm. have, and that's it. So have a good month. And Oh, wait, one more thing. You can find us on Twitter. The show account is at SHWH underscore pod that's so here's what happened pod on twitter and that's how you guys can also communicate with us directly so now my bad i should have mentioned that to you but yeah you guys have a good month and we will talk to you again soon bye yay